How are you doing this morning, everybody? Everybody all right? Hope you've all had a lovely weekend, and I'm really excited about speaking this morning on hearing God's voice. It's um, a great, great topic, something I've been thinking about a lot. I'm just going to have a nice drink. Because when we think about hearing God's voice, you sometimes hear people and they say, you know, I've never heard God's voice, or some people say, I heard from God this morning. What does that mean? And for everybody, it's different. I just wanted to go through it today because I think it's so, so important. But what actually prompted me to think about it was when we were on holiday, and we were in a really, really old property, and it had an old record player in it, and we got got talking one night about how, um, I feel quite old saying this now, used to have to tune in for the radio. You know, you got excited for the Radio 1 charts. Anybody did that when they were younger? They put on Radio 1 and got ready to press record on their favorite songs. But you had to tune in to that radio station. You didn't just, you know, push a button and there it was, preset digital radio. You had to tune in and I thought, yeah, I started thinking, God, it's like us, you know, when we're thinking, how, how do we hear you? How do we hear you? And sometimes the, the world is so noisy. Who thinks the world is noisy just now? I'm just feeling there's so much noise. Lots of people's, people talking and lots of people's opinions. And it just gets louder. The social media aspect, the media itself, it just gets louder and louder. So just feel the world is getting pretty noisy. So how do we tune in and how do we turn that dial to sit and know that we can hear from God above it all, above the noise that um, can sometimes drown out the voice of God and we can get a little bit deaf um, to, to his voice. And there's so much, isn't there? There's so much battling for our attention, wanting us to like, subscribe, put the bell on, all that kind of thing. And there's so many different avenues to go down. So I quite often talk about that. So many choices and so many mixed messages. And how do we make sense of all that? And that's why I think it's so important to tune into God's voice and to, to hear from him and to be aware of his presence more and more. There's no wonder that there's global confusion, eh? And they talk about pandemics. I think there's a pandemic of depression and anxiety above all else, never mind things like viruses and different things that are going on. Depression and anxiety is high. It's high because of confusion, I do believe, confusion of the mind. And this is because it's so mixed, it's, it's so noisy, um, and it's hard to, to make sense of it all. In 1 Corinthians 14.33, it says, For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. So he's not a God of confusion. So it's not from him, all this stuff that's going on that can overwhelm us and get us bogged down and feel anxious because there's, there's so much noise. His voice calms the storm and it brings peace and order to chaos. When he created the world, he brought it all into order from what was just chaos. As followers of Jesus, it's become ever more important to tune in to God's voice because we're following him. How can we follow? How can we follow him if we're not hearing him? It's really difficult. How can we actually follow him if we don't hear him or look, or look for him or seek him with all our heart? But maybe you're saying this morning, but Mel, I've never heard God's voice. 
Saul very well saying, listen for his voice, but how, how does that happen? I've never heard. But you know, it doesn't have to be an audible voice. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Often, especially in this world where everything's so loud, noisy, obvious, and we, you know, we can get access to stuff like that. We get quite impatient and we want to hear. But God causes us to search a bit deeper than that. It's not instant. And he wants us to really seek him with all our hearts. And I do challenge you this morning that you've never heard God's voice, because I bet you have. Because when you're here, because God called you, because he knocked on your heart and said, I want to speak to you. I want you to come. Or somebody came along and through them, God spoke to you and spoke to your heart. So it might not be audible. It might not be that obvious, but it's really understanding how he speaks to you and really understanding. He speaks to us all differently. Some of us get a vision. Some of us will just get that feeling of peace. God's here. He's speaking to me. He's calming me. And it's a beautiful thing. There's different times God has spoken to me over the years. And I was just reflecting on that um, when I was preparing this message. And I thought, God, you're amazing. You know, just the journey from a small child. And I wasn't brought up a Christian. And we did go to church and um, brought up in Northern Ireland. So that's what you did. And, uh, you know, we, ha- we, we knew about God. I didn't know what a Christian really was. I didn't understand about Jesus or anything like that. But in Northern Ireland, you, every corner you turn, there's a, a Bible verse or something that'll be um, shouting God. God's voice will be shouting at you. It's amazing. I love it. I love going back now as a Christian. And I'm like, wow, this is great. Just like scripture after scripture or some um, encouraging message straight from God. But we used to go along this motorway and Pam Leask knows about this um, particular thing I'm going to talk about. And there was a farm on the side um, of the road and this, this motorway that joins where I have my hometown to Belfast, there was a big barn. And on the side of that barn, the farmer had painted John 3.16 on the side of the barn so that every motorist that went past and every passenger could see for God so loved the world he gave his only son that whosoever should believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life now when I was a little girl I challenged myself daily to read that and of course depending on how fast dad or mum were driving was obviously a bigger challenge but that's what, you know, I really believe God was speaking to me in those moments. That was, that was the start of his voice in my life. And I do remember there were certain situations as a teenager. There used to be a group of youth that went out, Christian youth. And I'll put my hand up and admit we did mock them and things. But they were there to tell us about Jesus. And God was sending them as messengers. Again, his voice coming to me. And I'm sure there's been situations in your life where somebody has come or a message has been sent or you've read something where God has been speaking to you. Yeah, so in Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, Seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. It's not always quick and easy, as I say. You've got to seek him with all your heart and and lean not on your own understanding. Aaron said it today about um, it's not us that directs our steps. It's it's God that directs our steps. It's him 
that we need to lean on um, and to tune in to recognize his voice so we know where we have to go. We can't follow him if we don't know what his voice sounds like, so it's so, so important. In John 10, talk about the good shepherd, and Jesus says, my sheep listen and know my voice. Are you a good listener? Do you know how to listen well, and do you know his voice? So it's really understanding what does his voice sound like to you? Think about that, and I really challenge you to, to really ask God, how are you speaking to me? Look for signs, look for things. You well know his voice speaks truth and grace. His voice gives guidance and direction. His voice reassures and brings hope. His voice restores and heals. His voice transforms lives and sets captives free. His voice is what we need to listen to above the noise. So when it gets noisy, listen to him. Seek him with all your heart and find out what he's trying to say to you. Most of all, he's trying to bring peace, trying to bring peace to your heart and settle the storm inside. Yeah, so we're not, we're not all, we're not designed to walk our own way. God designed us to be led by him, to walk with him, not forced, not pushed, walking hand in hand with him. He wants to do that. Sometimes we let go, and I admit, and I, do, I sometimes do that because I'm quite, I like to do my own thing, get a bit independent, um, but he wants to hold our hand and lead us gently, like a good shepherd, not forcefully, he's a gentleman. But you know, all of our problems, all of our situations end up coming because we want to do it our own way. We know better. We're the ones, we think we know the answers, or someone else may think they know the answers. But most of all, it's our own way when we think we know better. Clara's got a little clip just to illustrate that. Clara, if you're okay to pop that on, this is a wee illustration about getting our, doing it our own way. Oh, you know, that's, it just made me laugh so much. I was like, God, oh yeah. How many times we try and do it our own way and God's like, yeah, on you go then. <laughs> Carry on, see how it tastes. And oh gosh, that wee boy's face, what a shame. Has anyone ever done that? I, when I was little, I remember thinking it was like drinking chocolate and I just popped it in some milk. Oh, not very nice. Doesn't taste very good. So yeah, we try and do it our own way and quite more than often, it doesn't go well because we're not seeking God, and he's got our plan. He's got the plans that will prosper us and not harm us. So it's important to listen to his voice. You know, he's got the power to stop us, but he doesn't, doesn't do that. He doesn't want to do that. He's given us free will to choose to listen or to ignore. 
He doesn't shout and bellow. Sometimes I wish he would. <laughs> like, stop! Don't do that! <laughs> but he doesn't do that. He wants us to learn and he wants us to grow. And we don't learn and grow um, if we just get pushed into doing things. We have to learn our own uh, um, how to, to walk well, walk well. His kindness, his mercy and compassion and his love that draws us in. It's not fire and brimstone that draws us to him. Although, you know, he, he, he is a, a God that is going to judge. It's not that he's, he's not got the serious side. There is a serious side, but he doesn't want to draw us in with that. It's his kindness and his compassion and his mercy that draws us to him. He loves us so much. You know, God doesn't make a lot of noise at all. And that's something when I was studying this word, I thought, wow, God, you are just a quiet, gentle God. And I just want to highlight that by reading the scripture this morning from 1 Kings 19. And if you've got a, your Bible or your um, Bible app, I just encourage you to have a look at this. And First Kings is a brilliant, I really encourage you to read it. It's such a powerful, powerful, powerful book in the Bible with Elijah. And at this particular point, I'm just going to, before I read the scripture, give you a little background about what happened before. Elijah um, was really the only prophet left. A lot of the other prophets had gone, and um, they'd all gone over to worship other gods, namely Baal, and they, they decided that they were going to prove to Elijah that their god, Baal, was bigger than his god. And they built an altar, and they sacrificed an animal on it, and asked Baal to come and burn up the offering. And Baal did nothing, because he's not, he wasn't, he didn't exist. But they challenged Elijah, and Elijah got his offering, and he even poured water on it, and he made a channel around it, and he filled that with water. And we all know fire and water don't quite go together. And he called in the name of the Lord, and the Lord burnt it up and showed the people how powerful he was in that moment. And just after that, um, Elijah, it was a, lot, a big, big story, but he went and, and he, he, he got rid of all those prophets, but he fled for his life because Jezebel was after him, and he was the only one left of, of God's people, the only one of God's prophets, and he, and he felt so alone and so scared, and it just really struck me of a man of such faith and courage to do all of this and to have such an, a miraculous sign from God got quite down and quite fearful, very fearful. In fact, that he fled for his life. He ran um, away because he was so scared and he got really down, really depressed. He was going to end. He wanted his life to end. And he said, God, just stop it. I just can't do this anymore. I've had enough. And I just want to encourage you that even the strongest people, the people that, um, you know, look like they've got it all together and that they're you know, living life for God can still struggle with depression. They can still struggle with, um, yeah, feeling like it's, it's too much for them. You know, and then Elijah went and he, he waited on God. And I'm just going to read this. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, 
but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper, a still, small voice. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? A still, small voice. God was not in the fire. He was not in the earthquake. He, was in the st- he came with a still, small voice. How beautiful is that? And I believe, you know, that that's what Elijah needed in that time. He did not need, in his time of deep depression and fearfulness and worry, he didn't need God to come with some big boom and miraculous sign. He needed to hear the compassionate voice of God. He needed to hear that so he could, he, he could feel close to him again. So when he was distraught and he didn't want to live anymore, um, you know, that God came beside him and said, Elijah, it's going to be okay. Remember, why are you here? What happened? He wanted to hear his story again and hear Elijah's heart. And it was then that he got the calming reassurance of God. He got the calming reassurance that God was there. And God, from that point, directed his steps. God says, this is what I want you to do. And Elijah got courage again. He got courage to get up and go and do what God asked him to do. And he got a servant, Elisha, just after that. And things went on. So his courage came in that moment. And God met him where he was with that still, small voice. I know that was a foreshadow of what was to come as well, the Holy Spirit. All throughout Scripture, we see God move in all these dramatic ways. However, that's not, they're just kind of exceptions. They're not always the way God moves. More than often, he does come with a gentle whisper, a still, small voice. In the, day, in the book of Acts, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, the Bible says it came like a rushing wind and tongues of fire went over all of the heads of the disciples gathered there. And at that moment, they began to speak in tongues as the Holy Spirit enabled them. But do you know how many other times that happened in the Bible? None. That was an exception. That was a very, very poignant moment. More than often, God comes quietly and gently and not dramatically. We all, we all look for the drama. We all look for a bit of that. But he wants us to remember he comes with a still, small voice. So yeah, there's moments when you'll sense it, when you sense God's presence and you'll hear that gentle whisper. So how can we tune in? How can we tune in that dial and and be more aware of his voice? And I just want to use those three words, still, small, voice, because I think those are things that will help us hopefully remember what to do. And the first one is be still. Be still, just like God's voice was still. Be still. Take moments of stillness. Be still and know that I am God, it says in the Bible. God is constantly trying to get our attention. (laughs) We don't sit still long enough. And I am the world's worst for it, so I'm putting my hands up. I do not sit still for very long. And even when you're sitting, I don't know about you, but our minds are on so many other things. 
grabbing our attention, distractions, the static noise gets turned up. We look at our phone or somebody's shouting at us or something happens, but being still, it's finding how to be still and, and getting rid of distractions and not overfilling with unnecessary noise, having a good clear out filter system on your noise in, in your head. Jesus stills the storm, doesn't he? In Mark 4:39, he commands the storm to be still. And sometimes our minds can feel like a huge storm raging in there, and there's so many voices can be kicking off up there. But Jesus says, be still, quiet, be still. I read a book actually um, called Quiet, which was a brilliant book, not written by a Christian, but it was a great book because the world says, be loud, be out there, be at the front, do this, you know, be as, as um, extrovert as you can. Only extroverts will make it in life. Anybody that's quiet, you're going to struggle. This book was amazing and it opened up. Um, the fact that people that are quiet have a superpower. <laughs> and I just want to encourage you, if you feel a little bit quiet and small, that, that God can work powerfully in that. He can work, quiet, he can work powerfully in your quiet spirit, um, sometimes more powerfully than he can in the ones that are a bit louder. So quiet is good, quiet is good. So we've got still, and then we're going to look at small. God is in the small details He's in the small details. He is. Listen for his voice in the small detail. Our God loves the small details. Do you know that one cell in your body, just one tiny cell, is more complex than an entire city? That's how much he is in the detail. Simple joy. Simple joy of birdsong, of blossoms on the tree, of a brand new baby's cry, a message from a friend to encourage you, those simple things, the small things. The world says, loud and proud. God says, peace and humility. Take our eyes off ourselves. You know, there's a lot of chat about self-talk, self-motivation. And don't get me wrong, an element of that is okay, but we need to take our eyes off ourselves because sometimes we cause ourselves <laughs> big problems because we're not able to do it. We're not able to do it by ourselves. So we need to humble ourselves, take our eyes off ourselves, and put God first. Make Him big and make ourselves small. And I don't mean belittle yourself or make yourself, you know, what God loves you, absolutely, but just. Put yourself um, under his feet and lift him up as king of kings. Honor him. Put him first. You know, he wrote our story from beginning to end, and he knows the path that he has. And his voice wants to speak over you this morning. He wants to show himself in the small details. So look for the small details. Look for those things that he can speak to you in and the things that um, connect with him. So we've got still, small, and then voice. Tune into his voice whenever you can. It's not always audible. Remember that. 
He's not going to come. And may, there may be some people that can do that, but I'm sure most people, it's not an audible voice. I'm going to give you a little example of, of how this, <laughs> this can work. Leah, when she was learning to drive, and I, was, I wasn't nervous after about 10 times being in the car with her, but the first wee while, when she was going around a corner, <laughs> I was quite nervous. I would hold my seatbelt a little bit, and I would say, take your time, take your time, take your time, take your time. <laughs> she still hears my voice to this day. Now she's passed. Take your time, take your time, take your time, take your time. Because she would go around the corner a wee bit too fast sometimes because she was just learning, you know, the speed control and all that kind of thing. I had no dual controls, so I literally used my voice to kind of take your time, take your time, take your time. <laughs> so she still hears that. And when we meditate on God's word, as it says in the Bible, day and night, we want to hear those words when we need them most she thanks me for it now. She says, Mom, thank you for saying that because when I'm turning a corner or I think I can do it in third gear, but I need to go down to second, I hear you say, take your time, take your time, take your time. And you want to hear God's voice in the moments when you really desperately need them. So meditate on his word. Get, the, get into the Bible. Get it, reading his word and knowing those passages that are going to lift you when you most need them, guide you when you need them. Make sure that you're and being led by him and not of yourself. And prepare to listen. Prepare to open your heart and listen to what he has to say. Jesus spoke in parables in the Bible. And in um, Matthew 13, he began to speak to the multitudes beside the sea. And he was telling them lots of parables. A parable is a simple story used to illustrate a point, a spiritual lesson, or, or, or um, a moral. And he after he'd told the parable about the sower, the disciple says, why are you speaking to the people in parables? Why not just tell them? <laughs> tell them what it means. Just, you know, Jesus said, this is why I speak to them in parables. So this is Matthew 13, verses 13 to 15. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn. And I would heal them. You see, we're all born with the ability to hear God's voice. But sometimes what happens is our hearts become calloused and hardened and our ears. And it actually says in the King James Version, it doesn't say people's hearts become have become calloused. It says their ears have waxed gross. <laughs> that was a brilliant term. Their ears have waxed gross as wax is gross, but that's what it means is an old process that they used to do to make candles. And what they did was they had a wick and they would dip the wick into the wax for the first layer, let it dry. Then they would dip it again and they would let that dry. And it was a process that happened over quite a long period of time to make a, one candle. And if you think about your ears being waxed gross, it's a repeated process when your ears become dull 
to hearing because of the situations and things that have happened in your life that make your ears wax gross. So have, yeah, think about that and just how, how can we get that dissolved through the Holy Spirit, get the, the waxed taken away. <clears throat> so what are the loudest voices in your world today? What are the things that speak to you? Is it your own mind? Is it the voices in your head? Are the voices in your world? Who is speaking to you the loudest this morning? What messages do they bring? Do you want to hear them? Do you want to take on board what they're saying? Are they valuable? Are they building you? Are they directing where you should go in the right way? Is there room for God to speak? Is there room for God to speak? Or is your narrative more important? Or someone else's narrative more important? Maybe there's too many voices and life's become overwhelming and you can't make sense of it all. And I just really encourage you to tune into God's voice. Listen to his word. Meditate on it day and night. And maybe your ears have become wax gross <laughs> and you're needing to go to the Holy Spirit here in clinic and get them syringed out. But he wants to speak to you. I just want to pray before I finish. We just want to open up your hands. Father God, I thank you that you speak to us, God. I thank you speak to us individually. Father, that you take care to gently whisper to us, God, sometimes we don't hear you because we're too busy, God, or we're, we've got so many other noises, Father, but I pray, God, that we would tune into you, Father, that we would listen for your still, small voice in the times of busyness, in the times of craziness, God, that we would remember that your still, small voice brings peace to the storm. Father, you give us direction for our steps, God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit that brings peace to our hearts. God, thank you for your presence, Father. Jesus, I just pray, God, that we would not let our hearts become calloused and we would not let our ears be wax gross, that we would keep them clean. We'd keep them clear to hear your voice, your sweet, sweet voice of grace, of kindness, and of compassion. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Bless everybody here, Father, and bless them as they hear you today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Sorry, we'll get the band back up. Now they're there. <laughs>